Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Tabulon for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's really great to have Dr. Jesse Lopez back on the program today, but even better, he's here in studio with me. We appreciate him stopping by. And here he is. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Inspiration.health is the website. Make sure you go there. He does telemedicine as well. Uh, but uh, there are studies that are coming up. First of all, welcome to, to In Studio at the Joe Pag Show. It's so exciting to be here. We don't do an awful lot of that. And uh, Jesse and I have become very good friends, and he's been just giving amazing information for a long time. How long have we been doing this, do you think? Over About a, a little over a year. That's awesome. Yeah. And the information you've brought has been amazing. Since day one, you talked about the importance of D3. You talked about the importance of ivermectin. You talked about the um, uh, the consequences of getting the the shots without really looking into it and finding out what the adverse effects might be. And today, I mean, you started emailing me this last night, and then you text me stuff all the time. There is news that ivermectin not only works; it works unbelievably well. Fill me in. Well, there's a great study that's coming out of Brazil. Eighty-eight thousand participants just published this month in Curus Magazine okay. Journal. And basically, it showed a 92% reduction in mortality with utilization of ivermectin prophylactically. Immediately, Doc, they're going to say, yeah, but what's this magazine? What's the resource? Is this some sort of industry standard? What is the magazine? Uh, it's an online uh, medical journal. and it, a, Is it reliable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely reliable. As a matter of fact, a lot of data has come out of Brazil, both for and against ivermectin. I think this is one of the strongest studies that actually confirms the reduction in mortality, not only with its use during the acute phase, but also for prophylaxis. That means people taking it before they become ill so that it prevents the illness process from becoming more severe. So- uh, a lot of the studies that you brought us over the past year about, about ivermectin, where people say it doesn't work, those studies have been a few hundred people. How many people are we talking about were studied here? 88,000. 88,000 people were observed in this town. And this is what's really interesting is that it was a controlled environment from the perspective that you could only be someone from that town to be included into the study. And so they evaluated individuals that were prophylactically given 60 milligrams or 180 milligrams of ivermectin over over their disease process. And their statistics showed a 92% reduction in mortality, which we know there are 90-plus studies on ivermectin, many studies on hydroxychloroquine that show the same thing. The key is that it is done in the right environment with the right dosing, even with the right directions like utilizing with with a fatty meal, for example. It's uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. Love having him here in studio. 88,000 seems to be a study that is so big that it's above reproach. And when you say 92%, 
That's almost, is that even heard of before? 92% sounds crazy numbers. Well, it depends on where you're at. You know, you know, the problem is that there's a lot of data that comes out, a lot of learned scholars presenting their information in what they call the preprint form. Okay. So they're looking for a scholarly uh, journal to accept their publication. But the thing is, is that a lot of these publications won't accept them because they want to follow the traditional narrative. If it is anything contrary to what's being pushed by the CDC or the FDA, and it doesn't agree with their numbers, they won't allow it to be published. So these authors are having to go to other sources to get their publications out there for people to see. It's amazing. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Inspiration.health is his website. You cited studies before. You and I have talked about this at length where they've only studied a couple hundred people, maybe even less than a hundred. And they've said, see, it doesn't work. There's the, there, they never said it didn't work. They said there was no um, definable information garnered from the study that would suggest that it can be helpful or not. They never actually said it didn't work. They just said, eh, we don't think so. And this one, again, seems to be above reproach, but we've talked about this before, and I, I found out about this from you, um, that in India, they've been using ivermectin for a long time, and that basically killed the COVID spread there, didn't it? There was. There was a state that utilized because they couldn't get access to anything else. So they used what they had, which was the, the ivermectin, and actually obliterated it from that particular Which, province. by the way, is affordable. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons why we're not seeing it used widespread, because unfortunately, it doesn't fill the coffers of the big pharmaceutical companies. And the thing is, is that when you look at other trials that say that it is not effective or may not work, they're not always looking or telling you the full truth about the, the study. Like the iTech trial that said ivermectin did not work. Well, if you go down to the bottom of the study and you look at the secondary outcomes, what you actually see is that there was reduction in morbidity. There was reduction in complications associated with COVID. So what that means is that they did not utilize enough individuals in the study um, and that they needed to go back to the drawing board, add more people into the study because they were getting good secondary outcomes. Right. And this is such a big deal because, as you said, this is not only good for when you actually have symptoms and when you get COVID, it's also good to stop you from getting it to begin with. It's kind of like vitamin D. Vitamin D supplement is fantastic. There's studies that support that if you get those levels up 50 or greater, you're going to reduce the potential complications if you do get COVID, or it may actually keep you from getting COVID. And it's one of the things that we check in our office routinely as part of our patient's immune health evaluation. Vitamin B12, vitamin D3, the list goes on and on. And these things are really important for people to pay attention to. In your medical and scientific um, opinion, I mean, you're talking about millions of lives might have been saved had we used this. Uh, I would say... At least 500,000 in the United States alone. Just, to, just in the United States. Um, I, how about hydroxychloroquine? We've, worked, we've talked about this a few times. Um, I've seen studies that in Nigeria, because they've got a malaria problem, they, they take hydroxychloroquine anyway, even before COVID came around. And suddenly, when you look at it per capita, there are much fewer COVID cases in Nigeria than anywhere else. That's not a coincidence, is it? No, and there was just a recent study that showed how the uh, hydroxychloroquine actually binds to the cell to prevent the entry of the virus. This was a in uh, vitro study, so this is a laboratory study on human cells, so it's not in humans yet. But it is giving us, I believe, some of the answers as to why it actually does work. Because when something works, you want to know why, correct? Yes. And so these studies are showing us uh, basically... Hey, but by the way, let me just interject this. Yes, I want to know why it works, but I, that's secondary. 
I just want to know that it works. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And we're not even allowed to find out if it works or not. That, that's my problem here. So go ahead. So, so yes, you want to find out why. Why does it work? Well, th- these researchers are finding out biochemically how it, pr- it changes the cell membrane to prevent entry of that virus into the oh, cell. Wow. And it's a very detailed study. We're going to put it up on the website so folks can read it. But this is a new study that just came out literally within the past month. So this data is constantly evolving, and, and we need to pay attention to it. It needs to be utilized practically because when we do that and we utilize early treatment, then we're going to keep people out of the hospital. We're not going to see the numbers like we saw before if early treatment is not sequestered. That's, that's amazing. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Incredible information. Listen, you heard about ventilators in New York, ventilators in, uh, in, uh, in Michigan. They were putting COVID patients in old folks' homes, which made no sense. I still think people should be charged with crimes here. But we have been force-fed this garbage from the CDC and the FDA and the NIH for so long. I wanted to bring up um, Dr. Fauci. Did you see him with Rand Paul the other day in front of that Senate committee? I did. Yep. So, so Rand Paul says to him, and he plays a piece of video that I think is from 2004, 18 years ago. And in that deal, he was on he was on C-SPAN, was Dr. Fauci. Caller called in something about an adverse effect that his mother had or something from taking the, the shot, and it turned out it was the flu shot. It turned out the mother already had the flu, took the shot, it made her worse. So the host says, all right, let me just ask you, if my mom you know, has the flu, has already had it, and she's recovered from it, should she get the vaccination? And you already know what he said. Fauci says, no, 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 she's been vaccinated. That's the best vaccine you can get. By getting the virus. Doesn't that work the same with COVID? And, and if not, why not? It absolutely does. Natural immunity has been shown in multiple studies, even in states like Israel, countries like Israel, that natural immunity is effective. And we're running into, I believe, very significant medical issues when patients have natural immunity and then you start adding in vaccines when they already have the natural immunity. And I think these patients are seeing very significant inflammatory storms and they're, they're coming into our offices and physicians are wondering why all of these new disease processes are showing up. And some are very, very hard to, to identify. I recently had a young lady come into my office um, after the booster, she had a little cold sore. The ulcers that developed in her mouth were horrendous as a result of this inflammatory wow. response that occurred. And so it's, it's really critical that the, that the risk as well as the benefits are explained to individuals before they're taking this, especially when it comes to children. That's very critical. Well, you know, we keep on hearing that children, there are ads running, maybe even on this show, because I don't know what the ads are nationally, that, that are suggesting get your six-month-old um, immunized, which is not an immunization, or just get the shot is what they should be saying. Um, and, and you've told me consistently, Jesse, that, that they shouldn't that you've got a mortality rate for those 40 years and younger from this from this virus that is microscopic. And for children, unless you've got a pre-existing condition or a comorbidity, no child is having an issue with COVID-19. Why do you think they're pushing this on kids? The only reason that I can think is for corporate wealth because wow. there is, um, I believe, some real issues of concern in terms of bioethics here. And there was even a wonderful paper that just came out that I shared with you earlier today where some leading scientists and scholars from places like Duke, from places like Harvard, have challenged the mindset of forcing these vaccines even upon our college students, for instance, who are being forced out of school because they're not getting this forced vaccine because it's being required by the colleges. About a thousand colleges across the country right now require it or you cannot go there. And so they presented some very, very startling data in terms of these forced mandates. Um, and, and 
the lack of need for this because of how well people are already doing with the natural immunity. What do you think the recourse is going to be for people who lost their jobs, kicked out of the military, kicked out of health care uh, and medical services because they weren't vaccinated? Is there going to be a recourse? Are they all going to get their jobs back? Can they sue? I mean, you're, you're in the medical field. Can, can one sue over bad scientific information that they should have known better? Well, I believe they absolutely can, and I know that there are legal teams across the country that are looking at this. And the very thing that you talked about was presented in this study. One of the reasons why it is unethical to force this mandate upon college students is because when the harm happens, there is not a good way to compensate them for this harm. Right. And that was stated as one of the problems with this entire forced mandate, especially in things like colleges and schools, or even grade schools for that matter. And the interesting data was that in order to avoid one COVID-19 hospitalization in a young person, it took 22 to 33,000 unvaccinated college-age students to receive the vaccine. Wow. And so what that translated into is that for every one COVID hospitalization that was prevented from the vaccine, it led to at least 18 to as high as 89 adverse complications or events for those who were fine, for who healthy and these students. And these are real numbers that none of us were allowed to know. Getting, getting the vaccine. So, so it's not even justifiable, this paper stated, and I agree with them from the perspective of public harm. Because as you know, with the beginning of the pandemic, oh, you've got to get vaccinated so that you can protect your grandma and the neighbor down the road. Well, that's just not true. And the benefit of that does not outweigh the potential harm, as stated in this paper. And the paper is called COVID-19 Vaccine Boosters for Young Adults, a Risk-Benefit Assessment and Five Ethical Arguments Against Man mandates at universities. And again, these are PhDs, MDs. Uh, they're the real deal here. We're going to have this up on the website for your listeners to go and see. Inspiration.health is his website. Inspiration.health is Dr. Jesse Lopez. You've heard him on the program for more than a year. This is the 19th time that we've done interviews and we've always brought incredible information. I've got to ask you about this. Um, is there any sort of in the medical field, is there any apology necessary from somebody like Dr. Sanjay Gupta who went on CNN constantly saying this was a horse medicine or a, uh, a livestock medicine. Then he went on Joe Rogan and he said, well, no, no, it's also prescribable for humans, but not necessarily for this. Then he went back on CNN and he said, no, 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 it's just a livestock medicine. When it comes to ivermectin, they tried to vilify this medicine that won awards, by the way, in human beings um, for other things. Does a doctor by ethics have to, to correct when he or she gets it wrong? Well, you know, you and I raise our children with the base uh, principle of integrity that if you're wrong, you go and you apologize. Right. Right. Well, I think in medicine, you should do the same thing. It, it doesn't mean that you're a bad physician or a bad researcher. It just means that you're looking at something and you're like, Oh, okay. You know what? The data shows differently. Um, I changed my mind or this wasn't right. And I'm sorry. And, and you move on. But the thing is, is that when you stay ingrained in it and the data keeps coming out, Proving otherwise, eventually you're going to have to be held accountable for it. And if you're not willing to take a look at it, I don't think that it's going to be very pretty for some of these individuals down the road that have pushed these different types of mandates, et cetera, that have caused significant harm to people. Very, very good point. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Inspiration.health is the website. Inspiration, a period, then health. There's no www, there's no com. It's uh, inspiration.health. Uh, l- let me finish with this. Um, we know that there has been correspondence between Fauci, the NIH, maybe even the CDC and the FDA with big tech. And they've told big tech, 
this is right, this is wrong. Don't let this go out, let, let this go out. And it turns out a lot of that was misinformation or disinformation, and they stopped Americans and people around the world from finding out real information on COVID-19. What do you make of that? How do you feel about that? Well, th- this gets into another issue in terms of that um, bioethic, medical ethic compromise that I am seeing because the CDC basically was in collusion with Facebook and there's several investigative reporters, Rachel Kors, I believe is one of them that I read um, with uh, uh, Stat, which is an online magazine, and basically uh, said to uh, Facebook, hey, this vaccine is safe for babies. It, it doesn't cause any harm. They need to have it. Uh, it's going to save them from getting uh, um, a serious injury or death. And so th- they're spreading that that misinformation to Facebook, and Facebook is trying to squelch real information that says, no, you know, the chances for a child dying from COVID-19 is 0.003%. Uh, so that's a very, very low percent. Right. Serious mortality, serious morbidity in children is extremely rare. But if you tried to put that out on Facebook, they would cut you off. Well, I mean, I had that happen. I, I had you on my program. I had McCullough on my program. I had Tom, Tom Rins on here. And YouTube demonetized me. And they didn't let anybody see that. And they took down two or three of those interviews. On Facebook, I've got a red flag because I dared put you on or put somebody else on that told the truth about, about COVID-19 and, and the actual remedies for it. So what do we do about it? Because we now find out that there was this sort of line of communication, this avenue that was wide open between Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary of the White House, and Dr. Fauci and others. What can you do about it? I mean, can you complain to the ethics board? What do you do? The biggest thing is not acquiesce. If you know that something is not correct or right, stand your ground. The reason I believe that we kind of got in this situation is that individuals weren't willing to push back and say, no, I am not going to do this. I am not going to take the vaccine because I don't believe it's been studied correctly or enough Because here's a great point. Um, Many researchers right now are trying to get even old vials of the vaccine to study. Um, We're going to have this information on the website as well. They're being denied access to vials they're going to throw away that could be studied. And Pfizer says, you know, we'll give you the information when we get the information, even on the new boosters. And then you can, you know, look at the data. But it's like the chicken in the hen house, right? Yeah, right. And so we need to be able to allow independent researchers to do their own studies as well and not just have Pfizer make it, produce it, and then have it forced upon us. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, first guest I've had live in the studio, by the way. Doc, thanks for coming by. Inspiration.health is the website. I appreciate you. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Incredible information from Dr. Jesse Lopez. We're back after this on the Joe Pag Show. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Always a pleasure to have Dr. Jesse Lopez on Inspiration.Health. He's become a good friend. Did the uh, interview in studio today. Hopefully you watched it. If you didn't watch it, uh, I think it turned out pretty well. He sounded great. And the information, most importantly, was just amazing. Top notch. To find out that it's 92% um, is just amazing. Ivermectin should not have been hidden this entire time. Should have been out in the four. Uh, Carrie, did you, get, did you get to watch any of it? I know you listened to it. I was listening. I didn't watch it, though. But Well, maybe you can support a brother listening. next time. <laughs> I will. Next time, you. Jason. You got Na- it. Okay. An- uh, come on. Another big hour coming. Let's go.
This is the Joe Pag Show.